It is Monday, October 23rd, 2017. Survivor Series is one month away, but tonight, Monday Night Raw, post-TLC, got us on the path to Survivor Series under siege, the invasion. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Joined, as always, by Mr. Raj Geary. And Raj, sitting in with us tonight, who do we have? Justin Labar of CSR. Uh, and CSR is moving to Wrestling Inc. starting this week. So I uh, wanted to welcome Justin on board. Justin, thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me, guys. Raj, thank you for the uh, opportunity. I'm looking forward to uh, joining the team. I uh, uh, so I appreciate the opportunity. I think things things are gonna be fun, and, I, and I'm glad you gave me an introduction because I was worried that people might think that I was Matt Morgan because I know we have similar physiques. Yeah, there you go. You got the same beard and everything. So, but Matt Morgan has a crappier mic, so they knew it wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's on, Raj. There was there was a lot of a lot of hate for the mic issue last night. Hey, I, I respect anyone that bothers to podcast from a hotel when they're traveling. You know, it's tough enough to deal with traveling for work and a day job, let alone having to watch wrestling in your hotel room and then talk about it for an hour. Absolutely. Having all all day campaigning and then going to that, that thing in Miami and then sitting and watching three hours or four hours of TLC and then going on the podcast. That's that's pretty noble. So. Hats off to Matt, but obviously he couldn't make it here tonight. We we, he, we had mentioned last night he probably wasn't going to be able to. If he, he gets tried. elected, if he gets elected, I, I would love to be able to pull off some independent match of him versus a uh, Kane if Kane makes mayor. I think good a good battle of offices. Bob Backlund, a special referee. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that'd be sweet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so tonight, Monday Night Raw, man, that ending. I'll tell you, it's always interesting the night after a pay per view, but here we are, four weeks out. And they are just uh, building up Survivor Series like something fierce tonight. Um, I guess the best place to begin is at the very beginning, talking about the opening of the show. So they're in Green Bay tonight. Loud crowd, man. That was my first impression. And if you want to know why guys try and get that cheap heat by insulting the sports team, look no further than Green Bay tonight and the way they just milked that so perfectly with that arena full of people. Um, but we had Kurt Angle coming out there talking about his return last night and saying that he uh, was going to announce at the end segment the Raw Men's Survivor, team, uh, Survivor Series team. But first, mention the matches. So I'm curious to get you guys' thoughts on this. We're going to have at Survivor Series, Raw's Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, versus SmackDown's United States Champion, Baron Corbin, SmackDown Women's Champion, Natalia versus Raw Women's Champion, Alexa Bliss, Raw smacked uh, Raw Tag Team Champions Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus SmackDown Tag Team Champions The Usos, and then in addition to that, we're gonna have a men's and women's team Survivor Series five on five traditional elimination match. In addition to Universal Champion Brock Lesnar versus WWE Champion Jinder Mahal. Uh, Justin, I'd love to get your thought on this, man. The last year they did not go this all brand versus brand. What what do you make of this? I'm always iffy about the manufactured uh, internal competition they try to do. I was never a fan of the bragging rights pay-per-view when they did it, and that was that was you know what it was all built around. They've, they've turned Survivor Series into this. I have been very vocal and sane, and the Wrestling Inc. audience that's maybe new to me will hear me say this a lot uh, in the upcoming month. I think Survivor Series has fallen out from being one of the big four. I think it's now a big five. I think Money in the Bank has been working on it, and I think Survivor Series has been bumped to five. You know, I just... I have a hard time buying, again, the internal manufacturer competition. I know we'll get to the, obviously the ending of Raw here in a second. Uh, I just, it's, it's, you know, it's one thing, it's one thing when you look back in 96 and WCW when 
heels and faces had to band together because an outside force, a legitimately perceived outside force, uh, of course I'm referencing the NWO, and you had to, and you had to protect your, your 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 ground. You had to protect the place I was paying for your paycheck. But I just have a hard time in 2017 buying Raw or SmackDown feuds and really caring, especially when I see heels and faces having to work together for their brand. But then on that brand's individual show, whether it be Monday or Tuesday, those heels and faces all of a sudden are back to, to feuding with each other. Um, so I, I just this this is a real hard thing for me to get behind. Yeah, Raj, what did you think of this? Yeah, I thought it was hokey. Uh, you know, this was one of those things where I thought if they had done a build uh, for and it it's not that hard to come up with something. You know, whether it's Kurt Angle ripping on Raw every, uh, on SmackDown every week or you know, Raw taking a couple SmackDown talents and stealing them. And then one day, you know, all these guys from SmackDown show up. Just the heels. Don't do the baby faces, too, because like Justin was saying, it, it makes it seem hokey. Um, it, it, I mean, it just seemed way over manufactured. So um, manufactured. So I thought uh, it didn't do much for me. I was watching it. I, I, I know what they were trying to do. But you could even tell with the audience, it, it wasn't that hot. It was just kind of like uh, people were seeing where it went, but I, you didn't get the feeling like they were all all of a sudden into this Raw SmackDown rivalry. It's so weird too, right? Because we had a Raw talk last night. AJ Styles was on TLC. You had Heyman and Brock Lesnar responding to Jinder Mahal's challenge tonight. I think all it would have taken was on Raw talk with AJ, a little more uh, smack talk, no pun intended, about SmackDown. Uh, call it the B Show. Have them talk about that. I think Heyman got there kind of tonight talking about gender and putting him down, saying he doesn't get a response. But you understand what I'm saying, Raj. I see the face you're making, but that would give SmackDown and Shane something really to respond to is this idea that they're being the le- treated as the lesser of the shows. And I thought Kurt kind of did that tonight with when he was mentioning how outside of AJ, they don't really have anyone. Yeah. Um, I just thought with these promos tonight, um, and, you know, with Paul Heyman's promo too, it just brought out, the stuff I think everyone knows about SmackDown, like it, it has been relegated to a, a distant B show. And um, I just thought Rod just came out looking like it. that's where the stars are at. And SmackDown, you just see how far it's kind of fallen. And it was really brought up publicly. You know, I'm a big proponent of pulling from real life, as I think most of us are as fans. I think obviously when you <clears throat> when you pull from some real life things, whether it's whether it's accurate or not, you know, but if it's things that people talk about on message boards on social media or they they read about on the internet. It goes a long way. And I think that, you know, that was something that was great about the Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon build was how personal it got. And I think that they truly want to make everybody buy into this for Survivor Series. Playing off what you guys just said about, you know, I mean, SmackDown tonight, SmackDown played the heel, right? And I think if they wanted to go the route of, you know, Shane even saying, look, you know, my father always looked at this as the B show and I'm showing up here and I'm making it number one. Uh, have Vince show up even and, and, and maybe even you know verbally have an encounter with, uh, with Shane. Daniel Bryan, let Daniel Bryan pop up for what I think is probably real life uh, anger that he's having right now. Daniel Bryan wants to get cleared to wrestle. He's not getting cleared to wrestle. Kurt Angle's getting cleared to wrestle. Let, let Daniel Bryan stand up and say Raw on Monday night always gets the favoritism. They always get top billing. I think if you pull things like that, all of a sudden you'll feel a sway in momentum, myself included, of interest. Yeah, amazing. Amazing they didn't go that route. And instead, we had the faces and heels with the, some of the faces leading the charge. We're just seeing the New Day and Becky Lynch leading these backstage beatdowns. Uh, yeah, it's weird seeing the babyface men back there watching the raw women get beat down. You know, it's just kind of for no reason, I don't know. Yeah. for no motivation whatsoever. Right. I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. <laughs> kind of uncomfortable. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was strange, but a spectacle. Uh, but let's talk about the match that kicked off tonight. AJ Styles was indeed uh, with the red brand tonight. One more time, teaming with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus Cesaro, Sheamus, and The Miz. So, Justin, man, what did you think of this match? It went on for uh, quite some time. I'm not surprised by it. <clears throat> Obviously, we're all aware uh, of the challenges that Raw was having to face tonight uh, and, and yesterday with, with people with you know, uh, Roman and, and Bray specifically and then ended up being Braun tonight not being available. So, obviously, uh, having this match occupy a bulk of the first hour gives people a lot of in-ring action. Uh, you obviously can break it into several segments that they did, cut a commercial. <clears throat> so, from a you know, from the I guess from a business standpoint, if I'm helping book the show, I totally endorse it. I cannot. I I can see the critique here and the and the ridiculousness that you know we're talking about brand supremacy. AJ Styles comes out and lends himself to be to help kick Raw off, and then two hours later is part of the under siege prison riot with blue shirts on. So. <laughs> to that regard, I'm just you know, and I'm just I'm I'm just wondering how far the comedy can go. Personally, if it was me, let's just let's just go ahead and acknowledge what we all know. The entire blue brand just blue brand just went through the raw locker room. Have Raw's number one defense be like, "Ha ha, you suckers! Now you're all infected. Thanks for stopping our locker room. <laughs> yeah, now, now you got to get tested for the mumps." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they couldn't put Matt Hardy in there. I thought AJ. I mean, it was a good match. Uh, you know, obviously it's going to be with those guys, but. And, you know, SmackDown, they had the night off originally because they were coming back from Chile, so they didn't schedule a house show tonight. And then they get back, and they're like, you guys are all going to Green Bay. <laughs> That's who lost out. That's who lost out to the mumps, truly, as a SmackDown crew. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. But no KO or Sammy tonight. No, so KO, uh, it's not – we don't know when he'll be back yet. So yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely not necessarily tomorrow. There's nothing definite, so – um, you know, like we said yesterday, hopefully, you know, uh, everything is going, you know, as good as it can be. Yeah. You think the ice, uh, put Sammy on ice for a week if KO's not there? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think their roster is so thin that they can't. Yeah. No, they can. And I, and I think even without Owens being there, you can have Sammy easily, uh, explain that away storyline wise saying, you know, my my best friend Kevin Owens has gone through such crap because of Shane McMahon. He need he needed some time off, or he needed a week. To, you know, I think you could literally just explain it away that way. Yeah, he could just say I, I'm saving Shane from Kevin, another beating from Kevin, so I made him stay home. You know, something Does like Sammy, that. Do Sammy and Kevin join the the? I mean, like, are they? I mean, are they part of the blue brand attacking Raw? Because like they're kind of like oh. a how does that work? Yeah, I'm I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad. I mean. The things that would have really destroyed this whole thing tonight would have been to have a Kevin Owens and Sammy there after all the stuff with Shane, and then to have Daniel Bryan there because he has such an authentic baby face, uh, you know, authenticity that I think it would have just killed it having him there cheering, you know, SmackDown guys on beating up the Raw guys. Then again, if Daniel Bryan attacks Kurt Angle, I can get behind it. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, that would that would build, you know, if you had. Daniel Bryan coming out of retirement to face Kurt Angle. That's all you need. Vince has the insurance policy and lawyers online too. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, seriously. That that would be a, a match. And then we I mean, could you imagine if Daniel Bryan was just working us all with this? <laughs> just that, you know, he's going to come back to the WWE, they're in cahoots. No. That would be uh to build for a match at Survivor Series? <laughs> no, I think you saved that for Mania, you know. But who knows, man? Hey, if if the mumps keeps running rampant, you know, 
He might Danny be out of be options. the healthiest guy in the locker room. Yeah. First, um, first it was CM Punk losing. Uh, <laughs> first it was CM Punk walking out that would save Brian's career for Mania 30. Then the mumps come and get a revitalization <laughs> for his career. <laughs> right. Yeah. Stranger things, man. History fate, is full. Fate, fate yeah. is a funny thing. Yeah, man. So uh, Kane tonight cutting a promo in the ring, calling out Braun, making it seem. I mean, it seems like that's where they're going with the Kane and Braun feud, maybe for a little bit here as a as a placeholder. Um, but that led to the match, the Demon King versus the Demon Kane. Surprised they didn't say that at all, huh? I know, but I guess he wasn't Demon King tonight, so yeah. uh, they couldn't use it anyway. But if Kane is a monster, should he be using words like? refuse you know for garbage and instill fear i don't know that, that verbiage just seems way off too, too big script, a word for a monster his raw script got mixed up with his campaign script so. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and i'm gonna do this for you people in green bay <laughs> no he says not so instead. <laughs> but that was something and kane won the match yeah, it seems like they were determined to have Finn Balor, whether he was going to lose to Bray Wyatt and Drag on Sunday or he was going to lose to Kane. They were determined that he was going to lose. I mean, <clears throat> like, I know people are upset about this, and I can, I mean, I, I get it. You know, it seems odd after having, you know, this great match against AJ Styles that he loses against to Kane. But, I mean, you just have to look at it from a, from a booking strategy. Obviously, they're building to Kane and Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, to me, when Brock Lesnar's not there, is the most dominant force you have. So you have to look at the flip side. Yeah, it seems ridiculous that Bray Wyatt, or it seems ridiculous that Finn Balor beats AJ Styles in this great match, but loses to Kane. But look at the flip side. Would it really make sense if Kane, who you know helped do what he did Sunday night, would then lose to Finn Balor, and then it's supposed to be a threat? You know, loses to. I mean, I, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be you know a, a size hater here, but loses to five eight Finn Balor, and then he's supposed to still be a threat. To the monster among men and Braun Strowman, which will have, you know, will probably be a Survivor Series match. And I'm starting to get convinced that this might be something that leads into Braun versus Taker for Mania because I don't think Taker's done, and you need a match for Taker. I would love to be Taker versus Cena, but I don't think that's going to happen now. So I, you know, I, I think I think when you look at all the pieces in play, you know, if you're a Finn Balor fan, I'm sorry, but you just have to look at, you know, what's logical in terms of what they're, you know, Kane right now is a higher priority than Finn Balor. That might not be a good thing for depending on how you look at it, but that is the reality. Yeah. Remember that yeah. January when they want us to think that Finn is going to beat Brock Lesnar, <laughs> which is which. I'll waste this whole podcast on how how grumpy I'm going to be for that match again. Not just <laughs> I'm not not discrediting Finn Balor as an athlete and and even as a the demon as a character, but I don't I I no I don't want to see this. So don't, <laughs> but can we just veer to off that? If, if they do it, I could. I'll, I'll, easily see them changing course you know down the road i mean they they have so many times with lesnar's plan feuds and everything so um i definitely wouldn't take finn versus brock to be written in stone because i think like even tonight it doesn't finn wasn't buried or anything like that no. but it does show where he is in the pecking order kind of thing you know like when they put him up against a, a dominant big guy uh, they, they don't see him as a guy that beats them like they would have Shawn Michaels way back in the day or, you know, someone like that, that they wouldn't have just, you know, beaten clean, uh, taking two of the two of his finishers. So, um, you know, so I, I think you just see where, Finn, you know, they kind of see Finn. Well, but hasn't Kane been booked like the enhancement talent version of The Undertaker for the better part of the last decade or so? I mean, Kane... He wins some matches, but it's not like right. he's the dominant force he once was. 
Well, every time he comes back with the mask, he is. Whenever he mm. goes back to corporate, Kane, he's he's kind of a job guy. Yeah. Well, it is random. It is random. You would have thought that you, you would have thought that Kane had been around for a few more weeks before he goes into a TLC main event or before he's you know uh, going to go up against again the guy that I think is the top top yeah. for WWE when Lesnar's not around and Braun Strowman. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, this looks like a Braun Strowman face turn, you know. Because Kane is definitely the heel here, so um, I don't know. I mean, it, it looks like it every other month that they're turning Braun babyface, and then he goes back to being on the heel side. But this, which this, this looks is, like it might be it. Which this is, you know, I'll say this, Raj, because you know, I mean, we've seen times even against Roman Reigns where kind of you know, based upon what Reigns did and what Braun did, it kind of felt like Braun was being the more babyfaces, babyface guy. It, at least if if this is going to be the start of. You know, Braun's not going to be kissing babies, but at least if this is going to be the, the acceptance that, okay, he's not always going to be on the heel side of the fence. He's going to kind of be like Lesnar. He's kind of always just in the, you know, heel side of the fence, baby side of the fence. He just moves the fence wherever he wants. At least they're doing it against a guy who is next to Big Show, the most equal of size to Braun. Because it's always weird having a guy of Braun's size trying to be a baby face, but at least if they are going to have this baby face sway, it's against a big heel in size. Yeah, you think they meant to go this way, or were they going with Kane and Roman with uh, kind of because Kane showing up and attacking Roman? It's, there's that natural storyline there with Kane, you know, being upset with Roman defeating the Undertaker and you know possibly retiring him. Um, and you know, obviously the mumps thing happened, but is is you think that was the original plan? Maybe potentially. When I mean, when I saw Kane. You know, come up from the ring. That was kind of one of the first things I tried to piece together, and of why is this happening? So maybe you know, but again, this might be a blessing in disguise. You know, sorry for Roman Reigns' potential health scare, but this might be a blessing in disguise because I think people are just gravitating to Braun Strowman. People are they're, they're getting behind the screaming Braun. I think that you know, there's always going to be the real cynical, cynical internet critics, but I think for the most part, people have gotten past that. Braun is not just fee-fi-fo-fum. He's an athletic freak of a guy oh, yeah. of size that you just can't teach, uh, pun intended to Enzo. Um, so I, I think that they're realizing that people are just gravitating to Braun, and you know, WWE isn't very much a Shades of Grey kind of time right now, and I think their thing is not so much, is this guy got to be a full-fledged deal, full-fledged face? He just has to be marketable. And Braun's marketable. If you can sell merchandise around him, great. If you can sell putting him out in some appearance, in the mainstream media, like in a baseball game or football game, then great. So I think this is just kind of maybe a blessing in disguise having him work against a proven big man veteran in Kane that Braun's not a heel, Braun's not a face. He's just Braun freaking Strowman. And Braun's awesome. I mean, they, you talk about talent that they've done a, an excellent job with, and Braun is, has been one of their biggest success stories in a while. Oh, yeah. And people don't realize that uh, people don't, I think people forget that. When he came up, when he was you know, uh, unveiled at Summer or the night after SummerSlam a couple years ago, as part of the Wyatt family, this guy never had a TV match in NXT. He had less than twenty matches in the NXT or slash Performance Center environment. Yeah. So I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Granted, he wasn't you know he wasn't pushed to the moon right away. He was just the big guy that was you know hanging out with the Wyatt family as an enforcer. But I don't think I don't think fans give enough credit. Those that are still heavily heavily critical of him. I don't think they give enough real understanding and credit to how, I mean, like how fast he had to learn on the job and how well he's done it. 
Yeah, and I think I think Roman did a great job working with them because it's not even you were talking last year where Braun looked pretty bad when he first started with the singles career when they were doing the the squash matches. Uh, he looked like he could easily fall into the fail category, and then that Roman feud, man, and then he was having just great match after great match. I mean, a guy his size and the, the number of great matches he's had this year has just been insane. Mm, absolutely. Well, you know what's crazy? I don't know what you guys saw on your social feeds, but here, here's what I think is really astounding is last night and tonight, I did not see the, oh my God, the show would be so much better if Roman was here or the show would be so much better if Bray was here. It seemed like people were more excited by this change of pace and to take a break from two uh, performers that maybe have gotten a little stale. Well, absence does make the heart grow fonder in theory, so... yeah. Uh, you know, maybe maybe there is something to uh, having those two performers specifically specifically not be around for a week or two and try to reset, especially when, um, you know, Bray is Sister Abigail or whatever he was supposed to be or will be, and then Roman Reigns, you know, doing the Shield reunion. You know, some people are mixed to that. So, yeah, I, you know, I think I think change of pace for, for sure was noticeable. Um, you know, even just by that first hour. I mean, after yeah. the. Yeah, I mean, that match was so long the first hour, and then we ran the Kane vignette of what he did to Braun. Kane's in the – I mean, Kane, Kane stood in the ring for like 20 minutes, I think, So while they, between the commercials of vignette. So it was a different pace for sure. But just admit it, you wanted to see Bray dressed as Sister Abigail. You're curious what they were going to do there. Oh, my God. I'm a voyeuristic, <laughs> sick freak. I, yeah. I, I That was part of my – the part of the reason I went to Minneapolis, I wanted, I was, I wanted to watch the train wreck. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I, 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 was, I was saying it last night. I mean, I obviously so much more excited seeing Finn and AJ, but I, I still want to see that Sister Abigail, what they were going to do with that. Yeah, remember we all said that about the House of Horrors match. Like, they, they don't even know what it is, guys. This is going to be nuts. And then we saw it and we were like, oh, this was, this was terrible. But it's gotten to that point, that Dungeon of Doom point, where I almost want to see it again. <laughs> the House of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> um so okay so this was a surprise tonight if last night you thought emma got too much offense in um oscar versus emma the rematch yeah if you thought they were gonna fix what they did last night they just doubled down on it yeah what do you think what do you think of this uh justin and this push that uh i mean i don't want to say they're pushing emma but they're definitely giving her uh some credibility in this with oscar's debut matches mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they are. I had the stopwatch out for that first match at TLC because uh, I was very curious to see the over-under would have been. It ended up being just about 10 minutes almost exactly, uh, which I did think was easily five minutes more, maybe even seven minutes more than I thought that it would go. But I, I guess here's I guess there's two things to look at this. They have promoted Asuka coming to Raw, but they have not – at least I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, they really haven't mentioned the fact that she's undefeated in NXT and never been beaten. So it's not like they're taking, like, a Goldberg streak and and that she has to, you know, I mean, they're, they're basically saying that, you know, she's a big deal. She has a very unique look. Um, she's very TV-friendly for that reason. Uh, that she's very good. But but they haven't, like, they haven't really addressed that she's been undefeated. So Last night in the pre-show they did. Yeah, so Justin yeah. was there live, so he didn't hear oh, the yeah, that's right. But that's they, right. They, they did mention it a lot yesterday. Okay. Well, so that so that then that that, that does make the like the match a little bit more um, you know surprising. I, I guess the mentality probably is you know we can still she can still look strong and be respected winning these matches, but letting her opponent get some offense in. Um, 
you know, I mean, I know Oscar a little bit. I would not be shocked knowing just a little bit about her that I do that maybe she wants it like this, that she's not a selfish person saying, I need to come in and I need to beat Emma or whoever in, in two minutes, that I would like to make this competitive, give her something so that way it enhances the entire division for whatever Emma goes on and does next, assuming she has something after this. Yeah, but do you think they if, if they had booked Nia versus Emma this week, do you think you know Emma would have gotten that much offense against Nia? And uh, they had been building up, you know, up until this point, Corey Graves on commentary talking about what a force Asuka is and why would anyone want to face her and why would anyone want to win that match? So they, they put that in your head that she's this dominant force coming in. And then she has the hardest time beating Emma, who up until two weeks ago was, you know, never really would win on Raw. So it just... Well, I guess joke will be on us if they continue to feud for the next few weeks and Emma finally gets a pick. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, hey, they did that with Bobby Roode and Ziggler. I wouldn't be surprised with anything now. Yeah. Um, I just think when you when you got a new person coming in, yeah, you, you got to give them some steam right off the bat. Otherwise, they just fizzle out. We just see it time and time again. We're seeing it with Bobby Roode right now. Uh, we saw it with Baron Corbin. We've seen it, we've seen it time and time again where uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, where by not putting the rocket to him, by putting him in these 50-50 book matches, it just, they just look at it like just another guy on the roster. Well, I hate 50-50 book matches, but then let's just look at the flip side. If you're talking about generating steam for them, you know, how, how and obviously Braun Strowman, it worked out, but, you know, Braun Strowman, Nia Jax, we could even go back to Ryback if we want to years ago. I mean, they, they do, sometimes their way of putting steam is let's just line up every bit of local talent we can for months on end that nobody knows and nobody cares about and nobody gives any credit to. And then, you know, you run the risk of people losing interest quickly. Um, so, again, there might be something to say about about Asuka's first bit of competition, at least being somebody who's a regular, at least recently on TV and in the division. Um, again, I'm with you. I don't like the, I don't like the 500 booking, but it, it just might be a case of if we want to make Asuka seem legitimate, let's just have her beat somebody who – is regular on TV rather than a no name and going the, the the local talent jobber route. But um, but I'm with you. I I, I I hope that I hope I hope that the, we they they give this enough steam for her because I, I mean I think Oscar to me is probably in ring the best women's performer they have and I know that not everybody agrees with that. But. Well, I I just think if you didn't know of Oscar from NXT like you were just watching last night and tonight you'd probably be like what the hell was all that hype about. Yeah, no, she, you're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. My perception of that is true. If, if you're not familiar with her, that that was not the most, you know, oh my God, you know, impact. But right. yeah. they could have set up more spots. They did it a little last night with the smile and the look, but they could have, I think, presented that better with just some moments to make her seem, you know, crazier, giving her a little bit more of that persona in the ring. That's what I feel like has been missing, um, especially in these longer matches. They followed that tonight with another uh, women's segment. Well, there was a short um, Brock promo, but after that, Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss coming out to the ring, cutting a promo that, uh, I don't know, was that good heat or bad heat, guys? She was kidding from the crowd. Justin, I'm kind of already forgetting the promo. I, I just remember her saying, you know, Mickey was old and just no, kind of, they can't for anything. They give him the you deserve. Oh it. yeah, awesome. Trying to get him to do it, but they were. Uh, no, I mean I don't know. I I couldn't tell. I thought she did a great job. But what did you think, Justin? I'm pretty sure the Redskins were scoring a touchdown at that point, so I flipped the channel. So I have no <laughs> yeah, she was making fun of Mickey and uh, I mean yeah. not Mickey, not Mickey, AJ and Finn, and they're you know having the yeah. stare down. And people were chanting, "This is awesome." 
Um, no, I thought, yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm remembering it. I, I had some technical difficulties tonight, so I think I was fixing something at that point. But you know, I think Alexa's always good. She's got that poise in her promos and everything. And I think you know this Mickey thing. You know how Matt Matt always talks about how when you're given those little moments to to shine, and that's your that's your time. And and if you make the most of it, you can move on to something. And I think that's what might have happened here. I think Mickey was supposed to be a quick thing. And that she's looked good that, you know, they've just decided to keep going with it. I want her to win that belt so bad at this point. I want yeah, she's become win. such a sentimental favorite. Yeah. I mean, she'll it, probably be the one to lose to Asuka. But I think it'll be a great, great story when it happens. And a great moment. Well, they got She'll Asuka. be the one that loses in two What's that? <laughs> she'll be the one that loses in two minutes to Asuka. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their NXT match was pretty good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I mean, I could see them. What I'd like, what I'd like to see them do is have Oscar go through Emma, which is likely to happen. Then maybe someone like Alicia Fox, and then you know maybe a Nia Jax, and then you get that anticipation if you if you do it right. Dana Brooke can't even get squashed. That's where she's yeah, at right you now. Could, you could throw Dana Brooke in there too. How is that gonna be? Is she still showing up every week? Is she like in yeah. catering, just hanging out? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the role of a lot of these talents, you know, when, when you get pegged in, I remember Davey boy Smith, you know, we had him, you know, I, I interviewed him a few years ago and he was talking about just every week, you know, all the money that they're paying for his ticket and, you know, you know, reimbursing him for expenses and he's just sitting and catering and um, yeah, they, they do that when they don't know what to do with you. And Matt Hardy, by the way, is now working main event. So yeah. We joked about it when Jeff got injured that, well, we hope that he doesn't go that route where they just put him on main event and already it's starting to happen. But here's the crazier part about Dana Brooke. Every other member of the women's roster is in a storyline right now. Raw is servicing every other member of the women's roster. Well, I, TV. well I mean, Dana, Dana certainly is the... You know, one of the greenest of all of, all in the roster. I mean, yeah, she is the the one that's being left out. But I think this is I think in a situation like this is when we you know, have to remember that they they have such the, between the two brands they have so many talents and they're running yeah. two live tours that you know they 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 keep the people like the Dana Brooks or maybe back even when when Raj is referencing you know uh, Davy that like you know they need these people to fill out the live events the non TV live events. And you might need them, you know, because creative is constantly changing and because there's so many cooks in the kitchen and script changes, you never know when, oh, we, well, we need somebody disposable. Oh, all of a sudden Vince woke up and thinks that Oscar needs to win in a quick match. Where's Dana Brooke? <laughs> you, you never know what they're going to call upon. So, you know, I mean, I, like, I know, like, I mean, I think when you get to things like pay-per-views that are a little bit more, you know, like, obviously this is a weird pay-per-view. Like, I know, you know, I know Matt, like, went right to, you know, Hardy went right to Green Bay yesterday and Sunday. I think in those situations, they know what they're going to need. But I think with, with live TV, with, with, uh, with Raw and SmackDown, things can change so quickly. Or, hey, we need another person to get beat down in a locker room by an invasion. Yeah. I think it just you got to have his bodies around. Actually, somebody tweeted me about that if Dana Brooke, uh, if they've seen her work a live event. Because I went to two Raw live events back-to-back a month ago. She did not wrestle at either of them. So I'm just mm -hmm. curious what's going on there. Um, Maybe she's cooking catering. I don't know. Yeah, and the, you know, Paige needs something when she comes back. But oh, that's true. Ho hopefully, it's something. Uh, no, no disrespect to Dana Brooke, but hopefully, it's something better. I had a friend who sent me a picture. He ran into Paige today in the Philadelphia airport. She was flying back to Orlando, and he did say to her that she's coming back next month for sure. So take that. Okay, no. hey, there you go. Well, yeah.
Um, I was going to make a joke about Page and airports, but you know. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> It wasn't, wasn't quick enough with that one. Um, Too soon, Glenn. Too soon. <laughs> uh, did we ever get the full story on that, Raj? The woman that, that called you? Like, do we know what was real versus perception? Was that ever sort of settled? I mean, yeah. I mean, from the woman's account that was standing there taping them while they're, they're fighting. <laughs> I love um, that she called you. She just called the Wrestling Inc. number. It was like, I got to tell somebody about this. Well, I think she was trying to, I think she was trying to make some money off the tape. Well, did she offer you money, or did, or did she want? You, did, or did she? Did she had name a price. It was implied, and uh, and then uh, next thing I know, TMZ had a por- a portion of it. So I don't know, you know, <laughs> what uh, because I, I w- I'm not going to pay for that. But um, I'm, a, I'm a cheapskate. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So she, you know, she. But it was clear that he didn't do anything physical. So gotcha. I think that, that all that was true. Um, so tonight, lovable scamp Jason Jordan interrupted Elias trying to perform again. It's deja vu. (laughs) Four times. Four times in two days. It's just Groundhog Day. Stupid. It's a stupid, stupid angle. And I don't know why they think this is doing either guy any favors. It might be. Jason Jordan has uh, no no good taste in music, apparently. It might be doing Jason Jordan a little bit because he's at least getting a little bit of a, a babyface pop as opposed to the dead silence he was getting before. You got a you got a you got a you got a partially standing ovation when Elias missed his head and whacked him on the shoulder with the with the guitar. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Those guitar shots for whatever reason they never get old. I wish Elias would, I wish Elias would turn to the camera and, and and said, "How do you like that, Jeff Jarrett?" <laughs> Did Elias do the guitar shots in NXT on TV at the live events? I never saw him do it. But uh, did he do it on NXT TV? Do, do what? The guitar shots. I don't recall. Yeah, I don't remember him ever doing it in NXT. I feel like, it's just like he got the main roster money and bought a bunch of guitars. And now he's like, oh, now I can afford to break them. You know? I remember back in the day when they used to use real guitars with the Honky Tonk Man. He really injured Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake had a neck injury from his guitar shot that, that like lingered forever. Yeah. Well, they're all real guitars. I mean, they're all playable, but they're uh, probably lighter weight and uh, cheaper quality wood that breaks easier and doesn't splinter. Um, so, yeah, that led to Jason Jordan versus Elias. Jason won via DQ. Um, need we say anything more about this feud or this I match? Elias, I, I do think, I mean, I, and I'm, you know, he is a Pittsburgh guy. He worked with us here at IWC Wrestling in Pittsburgh, so I'm a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a little bit, you know, on, on his bandwagon more so than most others. But I will say, I do think that he, <clears throat> if you look at the raw, if you look at the raw, I do think he's getting some of the more legitimate heat um, each week than others. You know, I mean, I, I, I don't know how it came off on TV. I know in Minneapolis for TLC, uh, I had trouble hearing what he was saying. Booze were, were so, you know, maybe that was just a live mic system. I don't know. But I mean, like, I, I think every week, I feel like he is getting pretty good heat you know so i mean oh definitely i mean i think his gimmick i I appreciate it some weeks more than others i just think with jason jordan it's so weird how they're they're doing this i liked it better when it was just random superstars coming out and you know getting i agree with that i mean jason jordan right now screams and there's so many parallels um like i I feel like he screams like rocky maivia to me i feel like there's so many parallels in terms of um the amount of the short span of time before Jason Jordan and singles run started getting title shots, which is the same as, as Rocky Maivia did. Uh, I just feel like there's just there's just this forced 
you gotta love this all American guy. Um, obviously, people are very you know anti him being Kurt's son. Obviously, use the the, the fake. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I think there is so much there is so much eyes and critique on Jason Jordan. I think it only goes one place, which I think he is going to have a WrestleMania match with Kurt Angle, and the, the, there's this this might be the greatest gamble because this I don't know I, I feel like this could this could fall apart incredibly if they go where I think they're going to go because people right now aren't buying. It. I mean, I think if, I think of all of a sudden Jason, I think if they start building a story of Jason Jordan fake this whole thing is basically trying to extort, so to speak, money and fame out of out of being Kurt's son and never really is a son and. What have you? I think if we do that, people all of a sudden now can maybe have something to grasp to, and Kirk's now rallying as the baby face and whatever. I think that would work. But right now, this whole I'm this all American, really great athlete, like me, like me, like me, and Jason Jordan, I'm gonna throw lettuce at the guy playing guitar. I just right now, I don't know. It's almost like they they're making you want to kind of hate him, yeah, for the eventual heel turn because they're not doing anything that makes him really cool at all. So. Um, I think that the seeds are there where you're not supposed to like the guy. Cause for, the, for their sake of thinking that they know what they're doing, I hope you're right, Roger. <laughs> I hope so, because otherwise they're, it, it seems like they're completely clueless on this one. Um, you know, But I'd like to see more of, if, if that is the direction they're going, Jason taking advantage a little bit more of, of you know, having that authority and being able to get what he wants a little bit. So, you know, planting the seeds a bit, if that's, if that's indeed where they're going. Like we haven't seen Stephanie uh, the, as, as the on-air authority figure, the character Stephanie, we haven't seen her. I don't believe since she, since my mania. Yeah. So, you know, how great would it be if, if it's revealed that like, you know, at first I thought it might be Corey Graves because Corey Graves is the only one that knew Jason George's secret. And he talked about how long he's been friends with them since NXT, but, Maybe that doesn't work because Graves is just at the commentary desk. But how cool would this be if this was something that turned out to be that Stephanie and and, and maybe even Triple H were behind and this was helped, you know, and Kurt came and took their power and they wanted to bump back. You know, I don't know. I mean, the, I think there's a lot of potential here if we if, if they want to commit to it. It's a lot of potential. There's plenty of time. It's, it's October, so we got plenty of time until Mania. But I think you need you need we need a definitive understanding of Jason Jordan um, in order to give him any chance of succeeding. Yeah, if this was all a scheme between Stephanie and Jason Jordan, that would be awesome. But I think then the match everyone would want to see is Kurt and Triple H. You know, well maybe it gets to that. Maybe it starts with Jordan and Angle. Then I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, but I I think that's the way to go because otherwise this isn't going anywhere where he is right now. Oh yeah, it's kickoff show material where he's at right now. What what clever and fun way will he interrupt Elias next week? Who knows? <laughs> Tune in to Monday Night Raw. Right. Um. Although I will say at the beatdown at the end, I want to see Gable versus Jordan. I think Survivor Series pre-show. I think that's uh, that'd be a hell of a match. I could see them being on on the five on fives. Yeah. Um, well, I, I I don't know. Are they going to do a tag team one this year? They didn't announce it, but no. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So after that, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar responding to Jinder Mahal. Uh, the long and the short of it is that, you know, Samoa Joe, Goldberg, Braun Strowman, rightful threats that Heyman could acknowledge. But Jinder, uh, oh, no. <laughs> he did the Maharaja mocking thing. It's like, oh, this is going to get a little uncomfortable for a moment or two. Um, but, yeah, what, what did you think of this, Justin? I mean, uh, Paul just basically burying Jinder as not really a threat to Brock. Yeah, it was interesting. Um Again, people aren't going to like this, but I'm fully in belief that if, 
if, look, Brock Lesnar should beat Jinder Mahal. Brock Lesnar should be next to next to Braun Strowman. I mean, I thought Braun, you know, Braun is a, is a viable, you know, I thought could, could have, have beat him. Next to Braun, Brock should beat everybody, right? Um, but I think we have to accept that this is, this is you know, this is, it'll be non-title, it'll be champion versus champion, but no title will be in the line. <clears throat> you have the shenanigans that can ensue with the Singh brothers. Um, the... You know, it's bragging rights, so to speak. It's very possible that WWE is going to exercise one of the scenarios. I'm not saying Jinder's going to flat out beat Brock, but Brock might not beat Jinder straight up clean, and it might not happen quickly. There is a lot of room that Jinder Mahal could somehow escape this, whether it's a, a DQ win or something. But they, they, I think the goal of this is going to be they're going to try to give a true shot of credibility. They're going to try to give something – for Jinder Mahal to hang his promos on for the next few months of I did this to Brock Lesnar or I survived this or whatever it is, I think that's going to happen. Uh, and I think that's what this promo started to set up, which is, oh, Jinder Mahal, he's a joke. And then all of a sudden when the match is over, well, he's technically not going to be as much of a joke because he's going to have some decision to hang his hat on. I, you know, I, I truly believe that. I think that that's something very real that we like it or not. We're going to have to accept it's going to happen. It's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, there's always that thing when you're when you're calling someone a joke on TV, and then you go out and beat them like they're a joke. It just buries them further. But WWE has been known to do that. Um, you know, I mean, just recently when Sasha wins the title and and Alexa's like, "You're a joke. You lose a title every time you defend it," and then she goes and like, <laughs> loses it. Um, so. Nothing surprises me anymore, but uh, uh, Justin, I think I had kind of the same idea. I, j I just don't see them beating Jinder quick. Um, and I almost see a DQ finish where the Singh brothers interfere and, and just get tossed around and everyone gets beat up. But um, but then again, a DQ, I don't think you want to do that at the Survivor Series. So I don't know. I mean, Jinder beating Brock, if, if they did that, that would be the, the one finish that the least amount of people saw coming. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on. Oh, sorry, Glenn. It, I, I was just gonna say it depends on where this match is. I mean, usually when Brock's on card, you kind of figure it's gonna be the last match. So you know, I guess it depends on where it's positioned. If they, unless they, unless they deem one of these other bragging rights matches more important that they put, you know, as the last uh, on the card. But I mean, you know, look, look at from a visual standpoint, though. Again, I, again, I know people have. I know there's a lot of anti-gender fans, and I mean, I'm not the biggest gender fan, but I'm certainly. I mean, I. The guy has a look, <laughs> legally or illegally. You look at it, and you know he is a guy who is a believable. Okay, on on just image, up against Brock Lesnar, um, you know Sheamus, Cesaro, Connor from the Ascension. Anybody who's built big, I can buy against Brock Lesnar. It's I have a problem with the Finn Balors. I had a bit of a problem with the Seth Rollins. So I mean, at least at least in a in a visual standpoint, Jinder will at least look like a guy. He, he he's taller than Brock. He might outweigh Brock. I'm not sure, but like, you know, this might be their chance if they could do it really well. well. Jury's out, but this might be a chance to at least go. Okay, well, you know, Jinder. I mean, Jinder's already held the title long. I think most of us thought he would, and and I'm starting to believe that he's going to hold it till Mania now. So, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of, and that's what I think. I think he's going to hold it till Mania, but um. I think I just think that Brock beating Brock that's that's Roman's equity, you know, and Vince is very protective of that. Like he built that equity in Brock, so that gets transferred over to whoever beats him, and he he wants Roman to be that guy. Yeah, uh, but we'll we'll see. I I just think beating Jinder, 
I mean, I could see them easily doing. How many Raw versus SmackDown matches do we have announced so far? It's uh, every belt versus belt. So yeah, um, four, six uh, so far, right? So if they have seven matches, I could see SmackDown winning four, and then you know Brock beats Jinder, and that you know that's kind of like Raw wins the big one, but SmackDown wins more matches. But um, I don't. Well, we'll see. Well, and the other factor to keep in mind, uh, you know, a rumor that was, you know, that that, that was that people can read about on Wrestling Inc. is the fact that if John Cena uh, right. has a role in this as a special referee, <clears throat> that again changes the whole dynamic of how this thing could end uh, and how you can justify whoever wins and whoever loses. Um, and that's why I said, you know, I, I've I've always I said this earlier when I talked about maybe this maybe we're leading to Braun versus Taker at Mania. I've long since wanted to see Taker versus Cena at Mania. Uh, I think it's a match. It's money on the table, but. The more I'm, um, you know, Jinder Mahal calls out uh, John Cena in a Q&A that he did. Then he calls out Brock Lesnar, which that's turned into a match. Like, I'm starting to think Jinder's holding that title, and obviously John's looking for that magical 17. I'm starting to believe that Jinder versus John Cena is happening mania, and then if John Cena becomes a special ref here, that adds more of, of a catalyst. So, again, if, if Jinder Mahal is going to go to WrestleMania defending a title up against John Cena – you gotta have you gotta have some stuff on on his resume. So yeah, again, Brock Lesnar. So Smarks, uh, in three weeks when those tickets go on sale for Louisiana, I want you to go to New Orleans, book your trip, pay your money, so you can see Roman Reigns and John Cena become the two top guys in the WWE. You can watch them live at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah Mania sells itself, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I mean, it so hasn't been much different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so it's better say, than uh, better than Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Oh, but he was. Oh, well, actually, I don't. Know. It's marginally better. <laughs> marginally better. Because that was the SmackDown main event last WrestleMania, right? Yeah, it was Bray yeah. and Randy. Put that on the WrestleMania DVD box, the Blu-ray box. Marginally better than Bray <laughs> versus Randy Orton. Um, so uh, I was gonna say, God, crazy. You know, uh, the thought of gender beating Brock Lesnar, but here we have tonight the winner and Raw Women's Team Captain, Alicia Fox, who beat Sasha Banks and Bailey in a triple threat. Uh, Rosh, to you first this time. What do you make of that? Is this the start of an Alicia Fox push? <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, what does being a captain mean? It's just you come out last. <laughs> you know, like that's really ultimately all it is. But this is just why you know, people don't care about who wins and loses anymore. And it hurts the product overall. It's because you got someone who hasn't won a match. When was the last time Alicia Fox won a match on raw? And then she wins it when, you know, there's a, a survivor series step involved. It's no one, no one cared when she won it, more people just groaned. And you know, it's like, that's something that you could use to get someone really over as opposed to just trading wins. So I don't know, but they made Bailey look like a chump uh, again. So I think that's that's where they're going with her for a while. Well, Rob, I guess this is a poor time to inform you that uh, you will have a, a, a note coming from my lawyer that as part of me joining Wrestling Inc., I wanted to be deemed captain of Wrestling Inc. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I don't, look, I don't think I don't think I don't know how many people care as much about Bailey and Sasha Banks anymore as they once did, and that's of no fault to those two ladies in there. Uh, you know, were, you know, their, their, their attempts, is, I think it's a lot of it's just how things have been positioned in book. But um, I, I, I don't know. Cray-cray Alicia Fox cracks me up. So it's a, it's a cheap pop to me. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, I like Alicia Fox too, but at least give her, 
give her some steam before you put her in that position. You know, it's like when they, when they put like when they, what they did with gender, I I've been saying it for a while now, like I'm all for pushing gender because I agree with you. I think he's got a cool look. He, he looks like a star now and compare You should go back on YouTube and watch last year when he came back with, after that match with Heath Slater, uh, he looked completely different. Oh, and I'm yeah. not just talking about his physique. I'm no, saying the suit, the beard, the hair, like everything. Like he looks like a genuine star now. Like he stands out. Um, but uh, give him wins for a while before throwing him in the title picture so people buy into it more as opposed to they're just stuck thinking that they got a joke champ the whole time. Anyway. Yeah. Well, they got to move some of those T-shirts now available at WWE Shop. The crazy like a fox shirts. There you go. Yeah. Oh man, Bailey and Sasha. What what could have been? Well, we'll see. Um, so fun match after that. Enzo, the Zo train. Enzo Amore, Drew Gulak, Noam Dar, Arya Davari, and Tony Nice versus Callisto, Grand Metallic, Mustafa Ali, Rich Swan, and Cedric Alexander. Enzo, uh, not talking. The voice is blown out. Loved Drew Gulak as his mouthpiece. I thought yeah, was, there was something oddly great with that. Oh my God. Drew Gulak is one of those guys where the first time you see it, you're like, Oh, this is kind of painful. Oh, I don't get it. And they just keep going and going and going until you succumb to its brilliance <laughs> of his dryness. You yeah. know, um, what, what did you think, uh, Justin? No, I agree. You know, Drew, uh, similar to Jack Gallagher, uh, this is what two of five live needs. They need characters that have substance and I'm not saying the other guys that are on the 205 live roster don't have this capability, but they really haven't been given the chance to showcase it. Um, the wrestling Inc. audience, if, if they're new to me, they're going to come to hear me say this quite a bit, uh, chair shot reality every single weekend. There'll be a playlist here on wrestling Inc.'s YouTube. And I will talk about it quite a lot, which is <clears throat> the 205 live, 205 live division has a lot of, you know, there's a lot of athletic guys, a lot of cool talent that, you know, good for them. They're getting this st steady, you know, guaranteed paydays with WWE, but they're set up to fail. Okay, you're putting a division that looks that is that looks inferior, that's, that's presented inferior because of the guys that are this weight class and less. There's no other weight class otherwise. Um, you know, in 1996, cruiserweights worked because Hogan and Hall and and Nash they were in the main event at WCW and they weren't doing anything like the cruiserweights were. Now you have AJ Styles and, and 280 pounds of Kevin Owens, these guys in main events that can do some of the same stuff as cruiserweights. So cruiserweights, for in order for 205 Live to get over, you need. Uh, character. Jack Gallagher was in the, in Royal Rumble, which makes no freaking sense because in theory, a cruiserweight shouldn't be able to challenge for a world title shot, but he was in there because he's a character and Vince likes him. Drew Gulak, same thing. I don't like Enzo personally, but I got to give it to the guy. He's easy to hate. He's making it work. I know for a fact ratings have gone up. Uh, it, there's been a lot of increase by every measurement, by YouTube looks, by uh, the, the, the the segment ratings, um, by, the, by the network uh, uh, viewership. 205 Live has gone up in viewership since Enzo's joined. So uh, I like this. I thought this actually was very entertaining. Uh, and I'm usually one that kind of rolls my eyes and, and is very harsh towards the 205 Live segments. But uh, I got to say, I think this was uh, really well done. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think Enzo's added a spark to that division. And, and um, you know, you compare him and Kalisto. Kalisto's way better in the ring, but I, I'd rather watch Enzo. You know, when Kalisto's out there, I just kind of like, eh. It's time to check my email. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I, I think uh, we'll see. I wish I wish Enzo could step it up in the ring a bit, but um, he, you know, every, he he has added that spark to that division. 
See, I want to watch Callisto more when he's in a match with Enzo, and I appreciate Callisto's moves more when he's in these matches with Enzo. I think it's it's a good balance. But know? the matches with Enzo suck. Well, <laughs> I mean, Callisto comes across looking good. Enzo, uh, nothing quite as bad as that uh, dive over the ropes he did with Cesaro. I think that's still Enzo's low point. Um, in and how the- was the match at TLC, not a ladder match? <laughs> yeah. Like, you need you need the TLC gimmicks to be used. And how and like Kalisto with a ladder would be great. Like how was how do you not make a ladder match? But uh, that's in the past. Or whatever. Yeah, I, 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 the ladder match is one of my favorite gimmicks. I thought the tables match, a chairs match is just stupid. Um, it's, you just get to use a chair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and and the tables match, I'm not a big fan of. But yeah, a ladder match would have been cool. I don't know if. I, I would have preferred to seeing it with Finn and AJ, but you're giving away a lot there if you did that. Yeah, definitely. In time, in time. In time. Um, so, final segment tonight. Kurt Angle comes out, talks about he's going to announce the Raw Survivor Series five-man team. And instead, Shane O'Mac comes down the stairs with the New Day, Becky Lynch, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Zack Ryder, Mojo Raleigh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin, Natalia, Carmella, Bobby Roode, Tamina Snuka, Ty Dillinger, Rusev, and AJ Styles, perhaps some other blue brand superstars. It's good. I wonder if they said, hey, guys, everyone bring your shirt from home. We're only going to have a couple extras. We all need to match going out there. This is very important. Um, yeah, they uh, come to the ring. They go around the ring. They go backstage. They chase Kurt. They just start beating people down left and right. Faces, heels, it doesn't matter. Talked about it at the top of the show. Setting up the confrontation between Shane and Kurt in the ring. Saying uh, under siege, that's that's the theme for Survivor no. Series. So, so forced. Somebody call Steven Seagal. Get him as a special ref. It's, um, it's, it's annoying when you an- announce the angle before the attack. You know, like you do the hashtag before the angle is done. Um, anyway, poor Brizango. Like they they weren't out there, right? Brizango and the Ascension. You know, like you guys can stay home. <laughs> But uh, they get. probably had to reroute some flights at the last minute to make this happen. Yeah, I watched. I don't know. I watched the whole ending like I was watching a, <laughs> a naked gun movie. I was just looking for parody. Like I said, first, I'm thinking, OK, like what happened? They're all now in the infected locker room. Then I'm like, well, here's AJ. AJ was brought in tonight by Kurt. So maybe AJ unlocked the back door for all of them to come in. <laughs> Will that be revealed? <laughs> yeah, then I'm, then they're all then they're all in like one space when the when the when Rollins and Ambrose attacked and I'm like, this would be a perfect time for Braun to drive the freaking garbage truck in and hit them all at once and would take them all out. He comes out with just a bunch of trash and like diapers and stuff on them all like bleeding. Guys, I just figured out how this is going to end. Is they're going to pull something like this on the go home show before survivor series. They could do this again. And then who's going to make his return. Roman reigns coming in there to put a stop to it. The one man wrecking crew, the big dog is going to show that, you know, raw's not backing down for SmackDown live. I'm sure that Roman is probably winning the five on five match for raw, um, especially with Seth and Ambrose already in another match. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think that's the worst idea, but what else do you do? Yeah. What are they fighting for? Like, <laughs> like what, like what's, what's the goal? Like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bra- Twitter bragging rights. What is the goal? Vince McMahon's love. This That's would have been a lot more interesting than instead of doing the hokey, you know, attack. If you had it where the the match had each each match was a draft pick or something like that. Uh, you know, something like that where 
there was something at stake that would be kind of interesting. And then you had a, another draft afterwards. Maybe it's all set up that Vince is buying Impact Wrestling. They're going to be the next invasion to come in. Yeah, <laughs> which, which we'll need to get into here in a minute. I was provide the segue to Glenn. There you go. Yeah. So a crazy a post TLC Raw setting things up for Survivor Series already. We'll see what happens tomorrow night on SmackDown Live. Wednesday we'll be back here, twelve noon Eastern, to talk about everything that happens tomorrow night with Shane O'Mac returning to SmackDown Live. But the other news this week, Raj, uh, what's going on with Impact? Well, first let's also talk about CSR. CSR oh, now is yeah, coming yeah, yeah, to. Please. To Justin mentioned it earlier, so we're we're happy to have it. Um, it's been how long has it been running now? Oh, uh, started in '09. wasn't consistent. We started every week in the start of 2010. It's been this what we what we filmed this week will be the 384th episode, and an episode does is three or four videos in a weekend. So it's it's been a while. That's awesome. Wow. So and, I, and, you know, we've had a good run uh, with our previous uh, employer, and uh, you know we're excited to kind of. Um, you know, start a new era, and you know, I, you know, Raj, I said this on Twitter, and I, I mean this. You, I've always uh, appreciated Wrestling Inc. You know, the few exchanges I had with you when I was with my previous guys, you were always very professional, which I appreciated. Uh, and we're looking forward to it. And again, if people don't know what chair, what CSR is, it's Chair Shot Reality. It's a, a video show. Like I said, we'll put out three or four videos each weekend in a playlist that'll be up uh, no later than Saturday morning. You can kind of binge watch it. Um, you know, it's not like this that we're doing. It's shorter form. You know, four to maybe seven minute videos. Filmed inside of a wonderful HD studio here in Pittsburgh. Um, every now and again, we do have some, uh, besides myself, Josh Eisenberg and Drew Springsteen, besides us talking, we do sometimes bring some guests in. We've had Adam Cole come in. We've had Matt Hardy, Luke Gallows, Kevin Nash, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we've had some fun guests, which we will continue to do when it allows us. Um, so I hope it'll be something new for people on this on the YouTube channel and wrestling Inc. to enjoy. Uh, so, uh, and we, you know, I hope they... I hope they enjoy it, and I thank you guys again for giving us an opportunity. Absolutely, and it'll be up on the site as well um, uh, on the weekend, so you know, definitely stay tuned for that. It starts this week. Awesome. So, Global Force Wrestling, Impact Wrestling. Raj, what's the latest? So now it's, it's definitely not Global Force Wrestling anymore. <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett's officially gone. So apparently there, there was an incident this past weekend at an independent wrestling event uh, in Canada. Um, where Jeff Jarrett didn't appear to be in a condition to perform on Friday night's event. Uh, he didn't appear. He was, he was booked for that Saturday. He didn't appear. Uh, all that's on wrestling. Inc. you can read up on it. PW insider is saying that the decision to part ways with Jeff Jarrett was actually made before that. So, um, yeah, Jeff Jarrett's came back in January of this year and it's already gone. And, uh, and the Global Force Wrestling name, they was it June or July that they announced that you know they were they had acquired Global Force Wrestling. They were starting to rebrand. Apparently, never got that deal done. So the Global Force Wrestling name and letters are going with it, and so it's back to back to Impact. And um, yeah, Taryn Terrell just uh, announced she's she's already gone. She was booked for a Bound for Glory match, but uh, she just came back in August. She's gone. Robbie E is gone. Uh, gosh, there was someone else that just recently announced that they were leaving. Um, anyway, so it, it's just, uh, it's just still just chaos over there. Yeah. We need some real competition, man. There's gotta be something else out there. Well, it's certainly, you, if you're a ring of honor, you gotta be, you know, I mean, I think this, <clears throat> many people probably say it happened 
a long time before this, but I mean, I, this has to solidify the ring of honor as at least the number two American promotion right now. I mean, I, I don't know, like, you know, nothing, nothing more to add than what Raj already said. I mean, I, I know not to cast stones or whatever. I mean, I I think Jeff Jarrett has some issues he needs to handle himself personally. And I know that that was, that was the a big deciding factor on Anthem, like saying, look, you need to go home, take a little break, which we all heard about, you know, weeks ago. And then now it's, I think more of the same problems have led to him no showing or being pushed off shows indie wise. I mean, I, I, and like, I don't know. And I feel, I, I guess I feel bad for those that are still under contract with, I guess it's impact. You know, it's just, this, the, 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 I can't, this, it's, it's amazing how bad of a public relations, this company. And I say companies stretching back, you know, into the Dickie Carter days has, has had to go through. And I just, I really don't see any, here's the only end. The only end I see about it. Is Vince eventually acquires it for nothing more than the library? He gives Anthem some money so Anthem can get out because Anthem was hemorrhaging. Like Anthem is hemorrhaging money with in the in the in the, in the, in the wrestling business. They're they're hemorrhaging money. So yeah, I mean, you, you know, we we talk about this all the time. I would love for Impact to to get back to where they once were. Where you know, basically, once they once they lost Spike TV, I think they officially were no longer the number two wrestling company. Um, whether that's ROH, I feel like New Japan has even more of a buzz than ROH. But well, I mean, um, in the U.S. though, but but I feel like even in the U.S., um, you, you feel like you uh, there's more of a buzz. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of they're kind of like on the same because New Japan and ROH do work together, and because now New Japan's doing American shows. You, you, you that's that's probably valid. You're probably right. I feel like the ROH shows with New Japan talent seem to be way more uh, uh, way more uh, well attended and. And get get more hype, but regardless, I mean, it, there's just a huge drop from number one to number two, and it felt like there was a time when Impact was getting to the point where it, it was a big drop, but it wasn't near as big. It didn't feel like it felt like you had two world promotions almost. Um, there, you know, when when Impact was first with Spike, back when they had M- Monty Brown, uh, I mean, there was there was a legit buzz around it, and um, you know, AJ Styles and James Storm, Bobby Roode, those guys coming up. When they got Kurt Angle, I mean, it felt like there was momentum and and there could be something there. And it, man, I just I don't I just don't know at this point. I said it before. I'm going to keep saying it. Amazon or Netflix need to get in the wrestling business. Why? Everybody that gets into it loses a shit ton of money. They've got the money. <laughs> I think if the WWE Network was doing better subscriber numbers, Amazon or Netflix would want a piece of that. Netflix has found their golden goose. It's in Glow, and like I said, the only. <laughs> The end is Vince will Vince just like he did with WCW. Vince will buy this for pennies, so he has the so he has the library for the angles, for the roots, for the AJs. He'll give Anthem a walk away, whistling Dixie, happy to be out of this. And then there's gonna be a lot of guys that'll be looking for indie work. Yeah, we shall see. So, anything else to cover before we take it home here, Raj? I think that's it. Cool, man. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in tonight. Justin, so great uh, to have you and CSR, part of the Wrestling Inc. family. Thanks for uh, hopping on tonight and joining us. No, I'm, again, I'm thankful. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to interacting with those uh, in the audience of Wrestling Inc. that I haven't got to interact with before, and hopefully our audience comes over. Uh, in addition to CSR, as I, as I tweeted earlier, at Justin LeBar, uh, starting November, I'll do some some more of these kind of uh, podcast appearances and do some opinion writing so it should be fun and, uh, if anybody wants to get used to what i'm doing already again check out chair this weekend on wrestling inc i also have an audio podcast every single wednesday called wrestling reality which they can find on itunes or 
any other audio platform and they can start to get used to uh, loving or hating me. Probably emphasis on hating. <laughs> it's it's good, the man. IWC. There's a lot of hate out there. Absolutely. <laughs> cool, man. Well, until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein and we'll see you back here on Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern. Talk about SmackDown Live on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.